0: Welcome to another episode of the Glory Cloud Podcast. My name is Zach, the Executive Pastor of Exodus Church, along with Pastor Kyle Lamont. Good afternoon, everyone. The Lead Pastor of Exodus Church, and also here, our guest and expert, Vinny Durace. Hey, everybody. Uh, so, we are going to cover another personality type, this time the promoter, and this is the one I've been most looking forward to, uh, because... This, this is everyone's favorite personality. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> sure, especially in the movies, uh, and we'll get more on that, but the promoter. Um, Kyle, are you a promoter?
1: I am a promoter, pastor promoter. I was born as a promoter, indeed. Hmm. I didn't know that until Vinny told me, and then my life began <laughs> to make sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, which is what happens with most people who talk to Vinny. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I describe it as the talking uh, Jesus with the woman at the well who told her everything she had ever did. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Vinny, a little bit about the promoter.
2: Wow, I just got compared to Jesus. That's a little freaky. <laughs> yeah. All right. So,
1: but the promoter. Her sister, how do you feel about that? What's your opinion?
2: Oh, I feel great about it. sister, <laughs> love it. Um, yeah. Uh, so, the promoter. Let's let's talk about the lens of the the is looking at the world through first. Yes. The correct one.
0: so he would say
2: (laughs) okay so in order to understand this lens you have to think about what you do when you go to a job interview Mm -hmm. you know you you present your life to another person a complete stranger you
0: have a resume in your
2: hand right you got a resume in your hand if you look at the resume what is it it's a list of all the things you do that are awesome
0: accomplishments all the
2: accomplishments accomplishments that you've accomplished yeah, done in the workplace. All these great people that you've worked with. Mm-hmm. All the references. Are you like your favorite people in the whole right. world? Right.
0: Going to give a glaring it review.
2: Is, it is you putting your best foot forward. Right. Okay. You're presenting the best version of yourself. But everybody knows you're doing that.
0: Mm.
2: Can Can you step back and imagine for a second a child born into the world, who? sees all of life through this lens of putting their best foot forward they're always trying to seem great they're oriented toward the glory of things the greatness of things so I have a son and he has phased into his promoter mm. uh, he entered a chess competition <laughs> he was the youngest person in the entire competition so he was like in second grade it was held at a public library there was only one other kid in his bracket so he brought home the second place trophy for his bracket and he was showing it to people and telling them how he got second place in his competition (laughs) and he said it with such uh, radiance about him i had to i had to ask him do you understand that that means you are the worst player because you know i'm the persister and i have to know (laughs) that he understands the true value you suck at this (laughs) (laughs) and he doesn't now but you know he at the time he was in second grade how much chess is he going to understand but you know he was the worst player in the entire competition Man, just crushed him. I don't care if he's in second grade. You've know the truth. No, but it didn't crush him. You know what he said? He says, well, it sounds a lot better when you say you came in second. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, you know, he has a second place trophy. Yeah. So he technically came in second in a chess competition.
1: And <laughs> put it on his resume.
2: <laughs> he can put it on his <laughs> resume. Right. And he was telling people about it like he was putting it on his resume. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: That is the promoter. They're looking through at the world through this lens where they believe they, that they should present their most glorious self, that everything that they do is filled with wonder and glory and it's exciting or it's not worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. And they think everybody else is doing that too. So a lot of them can get pretty cynical by the time they are teenagers or in their late teens. They think everybody is lying, it's all a big game, Uh, it's all all about smoke and mirrors. It's about what you can get people to believe, not what you actually believe, not what you actually think, not what you actually feel, but what you can get other people to think, other people to feel. And so a lot of times they come across to people as very charming and very persuasive, but also a little bit slick and a little bit false.
1: Kind of used car salesman Got that niche.
2: slick <laughs> kind of used car salesman feel or salesman-oriented feel. You know, they, every salesman is selling the best product in the world. Right. And that's where this comes from, this idea that you're only presenting part of the story because it's the only part of the story worth listening to.
1: Mm.
2: Well, they believe everybody thinks that way and everybody processes that way. So what is it like to have one of these people in your home it's like you're living with a rock star. You're living with a, a movie mogul. You're living with, you know, a billionaire. You, you've got in your home, you've got a superstar that nobody's just figured it out yet. But you should be telling everybody that they're a superstar because they're a superstar. Because they're looking through this lens of glory mm-hmm. at the world all the time. Right. Right. I feel like I'm hanging your head over there, Kyle. Man, I'm a
1: miserable person. But I can use that for my advantage.
2: (laughs) Only if you're the most miserable.
0: (laughs) Or second. Get a plaque for that.
2: You know, there's this uh, my wife is from Texas, and there's this joke about Texans they think Texas is so wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. You'd think every Texan was a promoter. Why? Because, they're you know, Texas is wonderful and Texas is great. And everything in Texas is bigger or better or it's the very worst so that you can brag about it. Right. But they're always bragging about something or someone or something that they've done or something that they can do or think that they can do. You know, they spend five minutes playing baseball and they think that they're Nolan Ryan. Right. they they're five minutes playing basketball, and they're they're gonna dunk like Michael Jordan. You know, they're <laughs> they're just great in their own minds. So that's the lens that they're looking at the world through. So when you're living in a household with a promoter, you can expect things to be a little exaggerated toward the side that brings about the greatest influence for them.
1: Mm-hmm. That's funny. My son, uh, number a couple of years ago, he got on this kick that he wanted to. Live in Texas when he grows up. Right. And I asked him, why do you want to go to Texas? (laughs) Well, everything's bigger and everything's better in Texas. I I want to have a really big house. I want a big house. I want a big yard. Everything's bigger. Everything's better. You can
2: turn your car around in the bathroom. That's it. Sort Mm -hmm. of thing. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that is the promoter lens. So what's it like to live with a promoter is you can expect things to be promoted to you, you can expect them to be actively influencing you with everything that they do and say you can expect their image to be really important to them mm-hmm. and anything that reflects negatively on them uh is going to be seriously disliked in fact they're going to react to it very very negatively mm-hmm. now this is not a huge uh, demographic it's five percent of North American population
0: that's the least so far that we've talked about yes yeah, so it is
2: the smallest demographic yeah uh, it makes up a lot of professional athletes and movie stars and people who are used to the limelight because they can tol- they don't just tolerate the limelight they thrive in the limelight mm.
0: and even those who maybe need somebody um, like an agent or something, who is constantly trying to get them apart, or, or talk about how good they are at this, or how good that's you know, right. how fitting they will be? It's like constant interviews all the time.
2: Yes, and you might not be a promoter base because it is only five percent of North American population. But let's say you have a lot of promoter in you, you're going to be better at presenting, better at sales. You're going to be better at understanding the positives mm. around something. Yeah, uh, they're naturally very optimistic people. Yeah. Uh, I know and had a a former direct supervisor that was a promoter. He was actually the easiest boss to work with ever. Uh, But he had a physical disability that kept him humble in his youth. So his promoter never developed that egotistical edge to it because he always had to try so very hard just to reach uh, normal levels of Uh, Capability, athletically and stuff like that with his physical disability. And he had to work so hard on it and he developed this incredibly strong work ethic right alongside that promoter. A lot of promoters don't get that. They don't have that humbling factor in their developmental years. So they develop this huge ego as they constantly snow people into believing great things about themselves. And after a while, people become... Puppets to the puppet master of the promoter. So living with a promoter, mm-hmm. uh, they have the smallest amount, the the least amount of divorce in their category. Uh, they, if they have any kind of humility, I should say, they have a that they, they have very little divorce. When they have divorce, they have serial divorce. Mm-hmm. You see one divorce right after another, right after another, right after another. and None of it creates humility and the ego is like a runaway train. So uh, because they have this what have you done for me lately kind of mindset, they develop the what have I done for you lately uh, response to that. And so they're constantly actively investing in people that they want to have a significant relationship with. So there's no coasting in their marriages they're either actively working to build it or they're actively working to destroy it. Hmm. Uh, you know, if you have a child that's a promoter, one of the things you're going to notice right away is they have uh, incredible hand-eye coordination. Their athleticism, you notice these things are above the norm. Uh, but you'll notice getting them to tell the truth can be quite a struggle because what is the truth if you're constantly viewing the world through the lens of what's going to make me look better and everybody tells a version of the truth that is most conducive to them and they're looking at the world through this lens so how do you get them to believe in an absolute sense of objective truth those are hard things for them to learn how to do
0: You know, it's uh, one thing you said before about uh, promoters being uh, able to promote anything so a car salesman could take you to any car on the lot and tell you about how it's the best car, you -hmm. know, and best car for them and best car in every possible way. Um, I've also thought about always uh, taking um, Kyle with me, you know, because he's like, oh, I I can, they won't pull a fast one on you if I'm there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll guess every little thing they're doing, what they're doing, you know, playing chess. You know, like there, he's ten moves ahead of a lot of people because he's because he's able to see through people. Um, maybe by being trained by that his whole life. Just um, imagine what what's your motive here? Where are you going? Where's your angle? What's going on here? So, yeah. promoters. If if you're a friend with a promoter, um, this is very good for you. You're talking about building relationships. If you're right. married to one, right. you know, their least amount of divorce. They're building you up. They're Um, making that that relationship stronger and are on your side and will likewise do a lot of good for you. So
2: we talk about, you know, people talk about uh, win-win scenarios. But most of the time we don't really form win-win scenarios. We we form win-more-for-me and a little-for-you scenarios. They're win-win, but it's mostly for me and a little bit for you. The promoter doesn't do that. The promoter gets that if it's a win, it has to be a win for everyone, and that includes them, and they're willing to talk about how you're winning more than they are in any given situation, and that seems egotistical or ego-driven to some people. It's not. They have this internal sense that you are winning in this situation more than they are, or they're giving more to it than you are. And so they're arguing for the best possible return on that investment of their energy or effort. But the way it comes off to other people is, wow, you're really all about you. You're really all about what you're doing. And he's like, no, I'm trying to create a win for everybody. And yes that, yes, that also means a win for me. Now, what happens when they come to Christ is they say, well whoa, wait a minute, you mean the whole world's not even about me? This this whole thing isn't about me? It's not about me, it's not about anybody else. It's not about human people. This is about God. They want to be the first guy in line to trumpet that message. Because for the first time, they have something that is solid and true and not up for interpretation. That there's a, a being above humanity. And the only way to have any kind of real win in life is to be more for him than I am for me. And God makes himself known in his glory, and it makes a difference, especially in that glory, understanding mind. So the win-win scenario, you know, the husband comes home, the wife says... um, you know, your, your, your son has done this thing today, <laughs> um, and that thing was a, a good thing, okay? Uh, how much value does that have? It doesn't have any, because it's not about the promoter. If anything, it's seen as a competition for the greatness of the promoter. The only part of it that was esteeming to the promoter at all was when he said, your son did this. And if it was bad, you know, your son did this, terrible thing, you know, it was bad. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, kids do bad things. And he's our son then, you know, <laughs> not my son. He's our son. But the, this, the, the promoter is like, did you tell anybody Does anybody know? Who knows knows that that he did did that bad bad thing? thing? Gotcha. Because it is a reflection on my greatness, what my son did. Okay? And they are tormented by this idea that somehow their secrets are gonna get out, people are gonna think less of them. When you when they come to Christ, Christ has to correct all of that internal thinking and say, nope. I know all your sins. I know all your faults. I choose to use you anyway. I am for you in ways you cannot understand. And wouldn't believe if I showed you. That's a very humbling thing for a promoter. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about how to build up the promoter. You wouldn't think, how do you got to build up someone who's so busy building up themselves? (laughs) (laughs) That was a
0: really good shot. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, our listeners at home felt that one. (laughs) Only about 5% of them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, how do you build up the promoter who's busy building up themselves? One uh, thing that I've noticed is very, very important to the promoter is confidentiality. When they make a mistake with you, they want two people to know about it. You and them. That's it. They don't want anyone else to know about it. Okay? So if you're not a confidential person, you are a danger to them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, so being, learning to be a confidential person. Learning to bring things to them before you bring things to other people. These are very important concepts to the promoter. And they bond you to the promoter. When you will bring something to them and say, let's deal with this between the two of us and keep it in this tight little circle, that makes you trustworthy to them. Okay, now when they go to do something, they want to do it with you. Because if it goes poorly or if it goes well, they don't have any problem giving esteem to you and giving glory to you and if it doesn't go well, they know, hey, what didn't go well is going to stay kind of quiet, and what did go well is going to get well promoted. So that's a, that's a big thing, this confidentiality thing. Uh, another big thing is uh, consistency, because they see inconsistency as lying, When a promoter listens to their child tell them a story, very often the promoter will ask them to tell that story multiple times. Why are they doing that? Well, they're primarily doing that to see if the story varies. If there's any ad-libbing to the story. Because wherever there's ad-libbing, something was left out. Which means you presented it with a twist. Okay, You wanted me to see it a certain way. This uh, trust but verify idea. This is a big idea for the promoter. They they want to trust you, but they're going to have to verify what you've said until you prove yourself trustworthy. So those are those are big ways to build bridges and bonds to a promoter, confidentiality, and then this whole. Um, consistency issue Uh, they don't mind if you consistently make the same mistake as long as it's consistent just don't make a new one or don't make it differently you know make it in a way that I can encapsulate and I can I can build a story around that to make that acceptable to people but for you to come into a group of people and do the same crazy uh, disruptive stuff when you disrupt unity, when you disrupt distru- disrupt momentum, uh, when you disrupt achievement, these are bad things. These are things that get you labeled as, I don't really want to deal with that person. I don't really want to be associated with that negativity, not negativity, uh, that ingloriousness <laughs> <laughs> that's about that person. You know, that person is just odd. You you go, man, I just don't want to be associated with that person. I want to put distance between myself and that person. That that person who is uh, esteemed by many, oh, I want want to create attachment to that person. They have influence. I can't imagine what it is like to raise a base promoter and get them to trust you inherently as a parent. Because I'm not a persister. I uh, sorry, I'm not a promoter, so I'm not constantly working to build that bond. I am many times working to build that bond only when I see it threatened. But the promoter works on bond all the time. So if you're married to them, you're always working on your bond mm-hmm. with them. And you have to remember that they always see you doing that. And it's important for them to see you doing that.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think one of the things that <clears throat> I've, uh, I've talked to Zach a lot about and, and other people even within the church that there are, there are situations um, for me a, as a promoter with with different people, whether inside or outside of the church, where a decision has to be made to, and I have to choose to trust somebody. Yes. Right, because instinctually it's not there. I don't right. have the instinct to trust. I have the instinct to distrust. Um, but there are circumstances in order to move forward there must be some sort of trust that is given here. And then it's a choice that is given or a choice that is made to give trust to that person. Uh, But there's always this battle certainly within of not wanting or not being able to fully trust somebody.
2: Cause everyone's telling you a story. Everyone's giving you a half truth. Everyone's giving you a twist on the truth. Mm -hmm. And those twists are all designed to make them look better or feel better about themselves or whatever their agenda is. And you're always trying to work out other people's agendas, and what is that person really after, and why is that person really doing that? And <laughs> when people just do things because they want to do things, that's hard for you to wrap your head around.
0: Right, right. Yeah. You know, I've also thought um, about spiritual gifts, um, even as it relates to the personality types, which. You know we can get into another time, but um, you know even thinking about the fact that an imaginer, and we talked about that a, a couple ago. Um, he's probably not have the gift of hospitality, right? Like they're they're wanting to get away and be in their own room, not necessarily have a bunch of people come over and have them in their space, if you will. Right, right. Um, so for a promoter, even a, a good discerner of persons or discerner of spirits, there there was um, a thought that I had a while back where I think about Kyle and his ability to kind of. Um, as you're saying, have people tell their story over again, or look for some of the things that aren't aren't right about a person, or disingenuous, or they're hiding something, or you know he just has a good gut feeling about people often, which usually play out to be correct. You know I've spent enough time with him that he's like this is going to happen in this situation, and he sees it happening down, way down the road, and then we get there, and sure enough, it happened exactly as he said. I didn't see it, or maybe other people didn't see mm-hmm. it, but he could he, he could see it and maybe not necessarily be able to explain how. Well,
2: think about it. If you're always gauging, is that person bonding to me, or are they stretching the bond? Are they pulling away from me? And you're always perceiving that. Mm. You get really good after a while of figuring out, eventually that bond's going to break, And estimating when it's going to break and how it's going to break and then how to strengthen it and pull it back in, you get good at those things. So you get good at charming people and easing that bond and moving people toward you. And you get good at saying, you know what, it's time to put some distance in this relationship and push that person out. And you know when those bonds break. And you get good at estimating that. So what would I tell the promoter? you know, the the yeah. promoter wants to be God's man. What would I tell you? There's no way to be God's man without trusting people. You have to trust that God is at work in them to produce glory for himself and that he doesn't need your help to produce that glory in another person. He only needs your cooperation to produce that glory in yourself. He does not need your help to produce that glory in another person. That's what I would tell him. Good word.